Hi, I'm the Strategist Cowboy. Today we are going to match a German lager-ish beer with a light Belgian log lager beer. Our first contestant is the German beer sort Kölsch. Our second contestant is the well-known Belgian beer brand slash sort Stella Artois. Kölner Hofbrau Frü or Cologne's Quartz Brewery Frü with Frü being the surname of the founder of the brewery brews a top fermented beer called Kölsch among other beer sortiments. The beer sort is of course brewed according to the German Reinheitsgebot i.e. the German purity regulations. Not that it would make any difference, but Kölsch is only allowed to be brewed in the city of Cologne in Germany. I think that it is just a marketing trick. Kölsch could just as well have been brewed almost anywhere else under the supervision of Fruis Brewery and the result would have been the same quality on the beer sort, provided that the water and the ingredients and the methods match the original beer from Cologne. Kölsch is an overyeasted beer, but it is fermented cold, like a lager. But here is where the Germans seem to cheat its own Reinheitsgebot again. Frü doesn't state that it is an ale, on the bottle or on their website and thus makes it compete against other lager beer sorts. It is better to be king amongst dwarfs than a dwarf amongst giants, so to speak. Reinheitsgebot beer has its limitations because they don't have any natural taste enhancers, like many Belgian breweries use in their ales, for example. German beer can taste very good, but they fight against giants. As a Reinheitsgebot beer, Kölsch contains only water, barley malt and hops. The beer sort has got a 4.8% ABV. The containers are available in sizes 33 centiliters, i.e. 11 liquid ounces, and 50 centiliters, i.e. 17 liquid ounces. A bottled 33 centiliter beer costs about $2.15 at Systembolaget, so it is not very cheap. But then again, it is over-yeasted and technically an ale. I actually have high expectations for Fries Kölsch, if and only if we consider it a lager and not an ale. Fries never explicitly calls it a lager. They just go with the flow of the general opinion. They certainly don't call it an ale on their site or on their beer either, as I said. But they want to benefit from it being top fermented. 
so they state that on that on their side, in case you are not a beer ignoramus, ignoramus, so that they will get the best of both worlds. How about the experience then? Okay. It's uh, not very clear. It's a uh, light beer, light fair in color. And it's not very clear. I can see my fingers through the glass, but uh, I only see some uh, shadowy fingers here. Not a strong aroma, but a good aroma. And foam, well. Let's just say that it is, it is less than average. The head is less than average. And the taste it's, it's a good taste. It's not dry. But I don't think you can call it sweet either. But uh, where they don't have any sweet extra addings in it like syrup so um, I don't know if I should say sweet it's a little bit sour in its taste in a good way The taste is fresh. It's very fresh. And it's... Um, well, of course I've tried richer beer, but this is not a poor quality beer. For a lager, it is rich.
for an ale it's it would uh, be uh, well I like it so adequate at least It's not that it's it has not got a very yeasty taste. You can barely taste it, maybe maybe a little. On your palate, it it uh, it's fresh on your palate. It's it's got a fresh feeling on my palate. And uh, it's uh, not very I don't think it's very bitter. Normal normal about normal normal bitterness it's not candy like has it got any fruitiness in it i don't uh, I, I i couldn't say i don't think so spices No. Undertone. I don't know. Carbonation level. Low, actually. And it's not creamy. And what aftertaste we'll see in a minute here. The beer is pure. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's got not, uh, not uh, particularly aftertaste other than beer. And I don't feel the, the uh, sourness or acidic uh, in it any longer it, it would only be a, a very very mild acidic or, or sour taste on it and it's not a bad taste at all it's a positive taste and it's got no aberrations it's a good beer okay so I will grade it then I will grade it uh, I will grade it eight for a lager and or seven for an ale. That's uh, about as high as I can go. Or as low as I can go. Our second contestant 
is a Belgian light lager called Stella Artois. Most of you beer drinkers must know of this beer sword, and the bulk of you probably have tried it before. A quote from Wikipedia. Stella Artois is a light lager beer dating all the way back to the year 1366. At that time, the brewery Den Hore Hornet was started at the same location in Löwe, where the brewery is still located today. In 1717, the name was changed to Artois by the owner and brewmaster Sebastian Artois. The present beer was first brewed in 1926 as a Christmas beer. When it became a huge success, production continued. Today, Stella Artois is exported to about 80 countries in, and is one of the world's best-selling beers. It is also brewed in other countries, such as, su such as the UK, Germany and Australia. The alcohol content is 5.2%. Stella Artois is part of the brewery's giant InBev, the brewery giant InBev, end quote. On the bottle, it is said to have a 5.0% ABV. Stella means star in Latin, and there is always a star shown on the product label. InBev is a major brewery owner in the world. There are more than 400 brands of beer pro producers in more than 50, 50 countries within the concern. AB InBev is a shrewd company. They own a Belgian Trappist brand called Leffe, which I, by the way, reviewed on this show. How well does that go with the good monk's Trappist oath? The beer sort contains water, barley malt, maize and hops. The bottle contains 33 centiliter beers, beer or about 11, 11 liquid ounces. How about the experience then? It's got a good aroma. And it's clear. I can see my fingers through the glass. Not sharp but I can see them. So um, the color is uh, fairly light and the aroma is good as I said and the foam well it's uh, 
adequate taste. You can surely um, distinguish, distinguish between uh, ales and lagers, and um, this is a lager. The Belgians, Belgians usually make uh, ales. But it's got a nice, nice taste, not as good as the former one, Kölsch, but that was a, an ale, technically speaking. For a lager, it is rich. Taste on your palate. Yeah. Well, a little bit bitter. Is it sweet? I dare to say that uh, I think it is a little sweet. It's a little bit sweet in a good way, and it's also bitter. Candy like no fruitiness. I uh, couldn't say, I don't think so. And then there's no spices in it that I can notice. The under, undertone is, I think, it's uh, it extinguishes thirst. I I would say it's a very fresh beer, and the carbonation level is uh, fairly low and it's not creamy of course uh, but uh, aftertaste we'll see in a minute or two since this beer Stella Artois is more bitter than the average beer I think a little bit more The aftertaste is um, bitterness. It's not acidic. No, it's not even not even sour. And there are not any aberrations. 
There, there's no, no aberrations. There are no aberrations. Uh, correct myself. Okay, what about grading then? One moment. I think when I thought about it that I would give it an eight since it's a lager. Maybe seven and a half, but I don't have halves, halves in this show. So I give it a Well, I think it's worth an eight. And that's a good, I, I have usually have pretty high grades on my show because I think that uh, a five should be uh, considered an average beer. And this is more than an average beer. I think from in my taste buds it is the competition is pretty high in, in beer in beers so they usually keep a pretty high uh, standard wherever they wh whatever brewery it is Yes, I think an eight. Okay. Absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines, military or civilian. Drink responsibly or not at all. Don't drink at all if you're underage or pregnant. Thank you. This week's tactical lesson. Amphibious Ferband. Amphibious verbands answer for the coastal defense, while the other branch, the Navy, is responsible for the defense further out at sea. The amphibious verbands have developed the ability to master two mediums and in addition the transition between land and water. This ability to master two mediums requires special technology, combat techniques, tactics, transport capacity, equipment and training. The Swedish 2nd Amphibious Battalion consists of commando soldiers and amphibious soldiers. These occupy a variety of services within the battalion such as missile units, mine units, grenade launcher units, rifle units and scouting units as well as units within the 201st Fire Control Company. The Combat Boat 90H, with H meaning half platoon, has a mounted but detachable grenade gun 90. It can, with the use of close-range interference transmitters, cover the disembarkation and deployment of grenade launcher M84, Alt Naval Missile 
RB17. A loaded grenade gun 90 should only be fired when you know what to shoot at, e.g. soft-skinned troop vehicles or a well-targeted, visually delineated enemy shooting position. If the possible tactically located enemy fire assault positions are few, two, no more than three, then you can shoot at them even if you do not see where the enemy fire is coming from in order to have a suppressing effect when deploying an M84 or the RB17 so that it is protected by the environment and or geography. Therefore, such tactically advantageous geographical locations should be pre-scouted already in peacetime for a land disembarkation with a heavily armed half-platoon in times of uncertainty. To randomly shoot off Grenade Gun 90 to show that you have guts is just a waste of ammunition. In addition, you become a vulnerable target when you have to reload quite soon, which is a bit cumbersome. But one should keep one's head up and search the surroundings methodically. When you do not see the opponent, it is much more justifiable to use smoke grenades and tactics. Anyone who doesn't should be sacked immediately. It is also not advisable to shoot off an AK-5C in such a position when you can only guess where the incoming fire is coming from, even when deploying an M84 or an RB17. But in the best of possible worlds, you get a suppressing effect with a pair of machine gun 90, note not grenade gun 90, combined with AK-5C. Due to the relatively large number of firing automatic carbines, in a position where a dismounted grenade gun 90 is being deployed and the half platoon performs an important step. But if you have to dismantle a grenade gun 90 from a combat boat 90, you should do so after you have dislodged all your equipment and have coverage by the half platoon. However, the best defense is to be early, camouflage themselves and their weapon systems well and wait for the expected arrival of the target. It also gives the best surprise effect and is therefore also the best attack. However, the approach can lead to the half platoon remaining inactive and it should therefore be encouraged only when it is reasonably certain that the opponent will emerge in the near future right there. The half platoon must be in contact with and capable of being fire guided by the airdropped intelligence units or someone. If the armed forces integrates the tried and tested 120mm grenade launcher AMOS with over 10 km range on a number of Battleboat 90H in the future, you can forget about the cumbersome deployment that comes with grenade launcher M84 above. Combat Boat 90H with Amos Naval, Naval would have added a lot to coastal combat. 
and fire guided on land by a marine half platoon or army units, it will be able to accomplish much. Deep into e.g. Gotland's fixed ground or or against warships. Thank you. Oh, thank you.